Kids, chaos, and community. How do you juggle it? What about working full-time, staying home, meal planning, calendars, routines, self-care, and the ever-popular, why does it seem so chaotic when the pilot gets back home? That's what we're covering in today's show. Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast, your ongoing checklist for navigating your best life as a pilot wife and aviation family. I'm your co-captain, Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over three decades and can't imagine any other lifestyle. On the show, you'll hear stories, experiences, tips, advice, interviews with other pilot wives, pilots, aviation professionals, non-revving and travel experts also on this journey. Yes, it's a mixed bag of goods, but what life isn't? I'm here to bring you the best that the aviation life has to offer. If you have a topic suggestion, a story to share on the show, details are at the end. And if you want the Pilot Wife Survival Guide and Checklist, go to pilotwifechecklist.com. Now, stow your baggage, strap in, and let's unpack the Pilot Wife Life. Joining me, I have five amazing moms, women, uh, some are career oriented, some are stay home. They all have varied backgrounds, different company affiliations, bases uh, with their husbands, et cetera. So uh, with that, I'm just going to jump right in and I'm just going to go around and call on you, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, your background, um, how you met your husband, base affiliation, whatever you want to share. So um, Kate, we're going to start with you. Um, um, hi, I'm Kate Dorsey. Um, my husband's with Delta. Um, he's been in the airlines 14 years. We started at uh, a regional uh, Chautauqua. We were there for eight and um, we've been with Delta the rest of the time. Um, he's based in New York. He's on the 767 and we actually live in St. Louis. So um, we did, made that decision last year to move. We had moved to Atlanta to be living in base and we made the decision to move back to St. Louis to be near family. Um, so he's a perma commuter now. <laughs> um, we have three kids. Um, Nolan is nine. Susie is six or she's about to be six and Jack just turned three. So, um, we have a crazy life. I stay home after our third or after our second baby, I quit being a marketing director and, um, decided to stay home because that worked best for us. Very good. Well, I'm sure you're going to have some stuff to share about the added yes. bonus of the commute. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that'll be, that'll be great. All right. Awesome. Um, Melissa. Hi, I'm Melissa O'Brien. Um, my husband is with American Airlines. Um, he's been there for about four years now. Prior to that, he was in the Marine Corps. Um, so we moved around quite Ooh, a bit from that. Yeah. <laughs> Got out of the Marine Corps because we thought we'd have a more stable life in the, in the, in the airline. So <laughs> just a different type of chaos, but, um, yeah, so we've been married since 2011, we met in 2005, so been together a really long time. Um, we have three boys, ages four, five, and seven. Um, and I work full time. I'm a realtor here in Charlotte. Um, actually, did real estate prior to meeting, or my husband and I both were doing real estate at the time when we met. So um, it's nice to kind of come back full circle to do it and try to live this chaotic life with the airlines, kids, and full time job. Mm -hmm. so. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Uh, Rachel. So my name is Rachel Phillips. Um, my husband works for American Airlines. He started with ExpressJet, but he is also out of Charlotte now. 
Um, we actually live in Columbia, South Carolina, so it's a short drive to Charlotte. So we're thankful for that. We have done the commuting life before um, when we actually lived overseas for my job, he commuted to Philadelphia from Frankfurt. So we are there, very thankful for the drive now. Um, we have three children. Zoe is 13, Lillian is eight, and Matthew is three. And I work full-time, actually work for the National Guard as a government civilian. And then I am also a guardsman myself for the state of South Carolina. And then my husband is in the guard for the state of Mississippi. So we keep it very busy <laughs> and very chaotic around here as well. Wow, that, that is chaotic, but I love it. I, and it's always fun to hear the stories and how it all blends together. So great. All right, Lauren. Hey, my name is Lauren Davis and my husband is Noah and he's with American Airlines also. And um, I know Melissa, we've connected a little bit. So really fun to see all these awesome, amazing spouses, but my, we have three kids. They're five, seven, and nine. And Noah, my husband has been with the airline for three years. He came out of the military. He was an air force C-17 pilot. And we live in Charleston, South Carolina, where his reserve base is. So, and he's, he's out of Charlotte is, I think I said that, but um, yeah, it's an easy commute for him. And we met when we were, I was in the military, I was a contracting officer. So that is when we met and we, you know, it's crazy. I work uh, full-time as a realtor as well here in the Charleston area. So we, there is never a dull moment and it is always busy over here. So, yeah. Awesome. And then Crystal, you have a unique story. Yours is a little bit different. So introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Crystal. Um, my husband is Jeff. We have three kids. Oh no, sorry. Two kids. Oh my gosh. Don't ever add one right now. <laughs> uh, we have an eight month old and then we have a three and a half year old. Um, but hopefully we're done there. I don't think I could add one more. I'm so thankful to know so many great pilot wives, but holy moly's that second threw me for a loop. But, um, so we have two kiddos. We live in Atlanta suburbs. Um, I'm born and raised here. My husband is not, he works for, um, kind of like the private sector, more membership based. Um, so he's worked for gamma wheels up and now he's with FlexJet. So not the airline world, but the other world. So he flies a lot on airline to get to his, um, plane that he's going to be on for a little bit. So, um, we have a little bit of a different life. Um, he has a very varied schedule. Um, I work full time, so I work from home remote. Um, thankfully I'm a remote employee. Um, I'm a nurse, but I actually am a project manager for a medical device company. And then I also have a side gig, um, a side business that I'm also starting up too. That's a little bit of us. Very good. Okay. So um, just in listening to the common themes with all of you, I kind of wanted to start with the real estate side of things quickly, just because I think there are three of you who are realtors. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about your decision with that, because I know that that can be a profession that's very demanding in terms of your time and weekends. Um, and so share just a little bit about how you balance that with, and, and, and maybe it lines up with the type of schedule your husband's able to hold in terms of, can he hold weekends off? What's that like in terms of help, daycare, um, whatever? Um, you're right. It's very chaotic, especially in this market all over the United States. You know, it's like a house, it's the market. you got to be ready within 30 minutes to be able to jump and show it. 
Um, or, you know, you've got a listing going and you're on the phone all day because you've got offers and calls all day long. So, I mean, the schedule is very different. Um, I was in real estate before I actually did commercial real estate prior to my husband going in the military. That was a very, I would say like seven to seven weekday job, you know, um, 12 hours a day, really long hours because you're working the corporate world. When we had kids and my decision was to go back into real estate, I switched to residential because I felt like it would be more in line with what his schedule was with the kids being able to see them at sports. And um, surprisingly enough, you know, it does work. I'm not at every sporting event, but, you know, I can I have part time daycare for my youngest who could go full day. So like right now I could pick him up at 1230 or I could pick him up at 530, depending on my needs for the day and, and my husband's schedule. He's home today. So he gets to pick up the, the youngest. Um, and then the other two are in elementary school. So that does help having that daytime. Um, but I think, and you know, I think the others can agree with me. Once COVID hit, a lot of things changed with our job and how people would go see houses, you know, it used to be, okay, I get off at five, I would see it at 530 or six, or I'm off on the weekend. So let's go from eight to 12 or whatever into our houses. Well, with the way the market is, and the way most people are working from home, I may be showing a house at 830 in the morning. And then, you know, that's the one house I show that day, because it's the only one on the market. So I think it has been very flexible with the kids in the airline world. It's not easy every day. <laughs> But I do think that if someone's looking for a career, um, it's one that can align with having kids and a husband whose schedule is never consistent. I agree with that. I was just going to add to that having, for me, just giving myself grace because you really have to and realizing that you can't be everywhere all the time. And I found I, I, when I got here, I've only, unlike Melissa, I've started, I guess I might started my third year of real estate and I've been very blessed to build a client base very quickly. And it is just nuts in this market. Cause you do, you have to, at a drop of a hat, you have to go and just get out, show homes. You never know. And if your husband here, maybe he's not, but my kids are two of minor elementary school age and the others in full, he's in preschool five days a week. So that really helps. And just having people like, being okay with, I'm a control freak. I'm sure a lot of y'all can relate to that, but I like to be the one to do everything, even though you obviously can't, but, um, having people that can do it, like get someone to show a house for me. Maybe I can't do it, but someone that I trust that's been a game changer for me is because I'm, you know, trying to prioritize and I am a bit of a workaholic and want to be the perfect mom. And I know we want to do all the things perfectly, but, just, you know, picking and choosing wisely and being okay with maybe passing on some of the professional responsibility to be more present for the family. So that's been just finding that balance can be tough, but it's doable. And I do agree that if any other spouses out there are looking for a career in real estate, that it really is a, it's a good one because you really can find that balance and do what works for you and your family. Rachel, you have some added stuff with working um no i work I you do work job. okay so just one second. sorry you guys it's like I'm, I'm trying to take notes and keep track of it but hopefully the audience yeah. is keeping track better all right so no. you have the situation where he commutes he does so he commutes to charlotte which is it's drivable so for us okay. that works really well and i do work outside the home um because working i've done the telework situation and, and i'm hats off to people that can do it. I'm not sure how any, anybody is able to actually do that because during COVID it was extremely difficult. Um, but I actually go into the office and I'm there 40 plus hours a week and then also have drill weekends. 
Um, so for us, actually, when we, we moved back stateside um, from our assignment overseas, we had an au pair come live with us for a year um, because our son was five months old. And so I was starting a new job, new environment, no, the daycare lists were crazy. So we had live-in help for a year um, and then two very active older children who of course wanted to partake in activities and, and all of that. So that worked for us for a year when our son was very young. Um, and then after that, we actually have full-time daycare for our three-year-old. And then the girls are both in local private schools, which have a little bit of, of an extended day, which is good and after-school activities at the school. So that's been a good fit for our family to really keep them busy. And then of course, we always have drill weekends and you know those business trips or TDYs that come along. So thankfully I do have family in the area um, that can help, but I also have a very good list of babysitters that we know and trust um, because we are a college town. So we have two sisters that actually work with us a lot to help with those activities that I'm just not going to be able to make due to work to demands. And then of course my, my pilot might be on a trip. So we're able to band-aid it, but it is a week to week trial for sure. Uh, we have to live and die by our Google calendar and that's just the reality. And I may not be at everything, but that's just sort of the expectation that our children have now. And, and it's worked for us pretty well. Okay. Crystal, I'm going to go to you next. And then Kate, I'm going to circle back around to you, Crystal. So you work full-time and you have a side gig. So tell us about that with help, you know, childcare, all of that. So my daughter is in daycare full-time. We're actually changing her daycare in January. So she's going to go to a new daycare a little bit closer. We just moved. So lots of appreciation for the real estate agents. <laughs> Definitely. My mom's actually a real estate agent too. So um, that's actually something that I've been like, I wonder if I should jump to there a little bit, but um, so we have um, daycare for her. And then my son is home the whole week with us. Um, but my husband, his job is, it used to be more flexible. Now it's not um, quite as flexible because he's newer to FlexJet and they're doing a whole new bid system. So we'll see how all that kind of works out. But right now it is full of juggling. Like Rachel said, every week is different. Who can come over and help? juggling in who's going to be available, you know, to fill in the days when I have my calls and stuff like that. And then the side gig, um, I have to work at night in the morning and on the weekends. And do you do most of that from home? Yep. All like social media based and from home. Okay. Very good. All right, Kate. So circling back to you. So you are staying home as a full-time mom, um, and your husband's commuting. So talk to us a little bit about that and, and how you take care of you too, and to get a break and all of that. Cause sometimes when you work, that can be part of your break. It's not exactly the same as having total time, but as we all know, there's that adult time, I, I, you know, where, where you do get away and you feel like you're having adult conversation and it's not always just like, ah, so how do you take care of you, Kate? Um, so I was working prior to having my second child. So marketing director is a very high stress, um, very busy job, lots of weekends and nights and, um, hats to wear. And then at the time I also was a wedding photographer, so <laughs> you could add weekends in for that also. So, um, right when, um, he got hired at Delta, I was actually laid off from my marketing job. And that at that point we thought, well, now must let's just make the move. We'll go to Atlanta. 
we'll try living in base and um, you can stay home since, you know, there's no point in getting a job in St. Louis. We were in St. Louis at the time and we moved to Atlanta. So we made the move to Atlanta and um, I stayed home and uh, it just sort of progressed from there. I haven't ever gone back. We had another child and it was <laughs> even more hectic. Um, in terms of taking care of me, I find that staying home provides me with less <laughs> free time than I had when I was at work. And I never in a million years, I remember thinking I would just love to stay home so I could uh, have a minute to myself during the day or whatever. That's not, that has not proven to be the case at all. Um, so it is uh, very demanding and demanding physically and mentally from the standpoint that um, it is kind of mind numbing sometimes, you know, I'm not, I, sometimes I feel like I'm not using my brain and I'm not um, just sort of going through the motions of laundry and pickup and soccer practice and, you know, what have you. Um, so one thing I found is uh, that it's important for me to continue to uh, read books and listen to podcasts and, and do all those things while I'm doing these sort of mind numbing um, tasks of childcare and cooking and laundry and changing diapers and whatnot. Um, and then the other thing we did this year is we put our youngest um, in a mother's day out, which is uh, two hours, three days a week. And that gives me the opportunity to actually have that mythical um, moment where I can just <laughs> sit down, which, um, which when I was working, I could schedule into my day myself. You know, I could work that into my schedule, but when you have kids that they, they don't allow you to, to, to do that. So, um, that has helped enormously. And then my third, uh, thing that I do is I really lean into my hobbies. Um, I'm very into, I collect houseplants and I have a terrarium and, um, the kids and my husband know that those are my things and <laughs> that is my space and my activity. And they, they just let me do it. So those are all really important to me. That's great. And first of all, to all of you, thanks for sharing and being vulnerable. And, you know, I mean, it is challenging and I don't know that anybody totally gets what a challenge it's going to be, whichever path you choose to take, whether it's staying home, working full-time, working part-time, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm sad. I mean, my children are 26 and 29 now, and I stayed home full-time, but I also always had a side business and hobbies and friends and things that I did to take care of me, but it's a constant juggling and not just the physical part of it and the calendar and all that. It's the mental game, right? It's the mental game of the constant mommy guilt. And what I finally learned is that you're going to have mommy guilt, no matter what you do. I don't care what you do. Something's not ever going to be enough in your own mind. You know, I'm not spending enough time here. I'm not spending enough time there. I'm shortchanging this or whatever. So um, whoever's listening, if you're debating, should I work? Should I not? Whatever. You have to do what's right for you. You have to do what's right for your family. Your kids will survive no matter what. Um, but just know that it's just a constant juggling act. And when I was working, it was like, I'm not spending enough time with my kids and I, and our schedules didn't align and we didn't spend enough time with each other. And I remember feeling like if I could just stay home, we could spend, you know, and we could spend a day together, but you know, it's the opposite when you're not working now you're, there's a different thing to feel bad about. So there's no right answer. There really isn't. It, it's hard either way. It's yeah. not. 
Yeah. I remember when I had my first kid, I was in the, I was still active duty air force and I actually tried to get out early. There's like a clause or something like a major life circumstance that they're supposed to let you out when you're, well, but for most people, when you're pregnant and for me, it got, it got approved through all these channels. And at the very last level, it got denied. And I just remember being devastated, devastated that my, oh my gosh, my baby's not going to make it through day. I felt so all the guilt. I remember crying. Like the first day I dropped her off, I just shut my office door, just bawling my eyes out that first like week. And you know what? And of course it ended up being fine. Everything was okay. And then I just count down the days till my, um, my year five came and my commitment was up and I could be home. And then like you were saying, Kate, like I, I was home. And then all of a sudden I didn't know, I, I, I just, it, you, the grass is always greener is what I'm trying to say. So there is no, like you were saying, Jackie, right or wrong answer. You just have to do what is best for you and what you feel. And sometimes what you think is best might not be, but it's all a uh, trial and error there. I would say it's so important to have a village. And when I was working, our daycare was our village. I mean, they, we, they loved my kid, like, like I did. And, and we leaned on them for a lot of different things. And then now that I'm not working, it's different, but the community of um, people that help you get through is so important in this job because, you know, you can't be in two places at once. I don't think you can survive without a community. It's just one of those things that you especially when you move around as much as, as we have, whether it was military or now with um, the airlines, you just have to have that village and that support. And initially it's really hard, but I think you're right, Kate. I mean, my children's school, I have met a lot of parents doing those type of things and going to school activities. Um, and that has sort of become our village or church, you know, parents, family that's around neighbors. You really have to have that support you know, whether you're working outside the home or inside the home, those people are really important to you. Anyone else have any thoughts on that, building your community and, and relying on that? I have a question for, I guess, everybody, but we maybe, um, Rachel, you might relate a little, but in the military, you move around every couple of years, right? Or that's what's normal. And I feel like if you just, you're thrown into it and you make, you have that natural niche and that natural community at your given base, but with the airlines, and we chose to come back to Charleston, A, because of the, his reserve units there, easy commute to Charlotte. Um, but we also had so many friends that came back that we knew when we lived here the first time. So we had like our built-in village, but I've heard from a lot of other spouses at other bases and um, domiciles that it's it's hard once they came out of the military and there's somewhere where there isn't a base or they don't know people that, meeting it's it feels so much more lonely than in the military so i guess my question is is that did y'all feel that way if you're not an extrovert and going out and being involved is it tougher i guess is my question i think it's a little more difficult when you're used to a military community i mean we came from overseas we were there for five years and that was absolutely a military community we knew everyone you couldn't you know go to the base exchange without seeing three people you knew um, and then coming to Columbia, which is obviously not a domicile, it's very close to Charlotte, but there are not a lot of um, spouses here, airline spouses, um, that that was different for people. There are more that are moving to this area now, especially because Charlotte is growing, obviously. Um, but it did feel a little strange because people often don't understand the demands on your spouse and really what that entails. Um, so that, that has been interesting to see and it did feel a little lonely for a while, but 
going to work and, and now being familiar with people, I think it, it's gotten a lot easier, but it did take about 18 months. And of course, COVID hit right in the middle of all that for us to feel like we had a really good sense of community and people actually understood what we were experiencing as, as pilot spouses. I agree. I mean, I mean, the military, it's like, here's your new duty station and these are all your new best friends for the next three years. Okay, now you're going to move to this one. Now these are your new best friends for the next three years. And so I think that's one of the biggest things for people that are getting out of the military and moving to the airline life is that they don't have that same opportunity to be like, okay, here's your neighborhood. Here's your friends. This is what you're going to do for the next three years. And you guys are all going to get along and your kids are going to grow up for the next three years together. And so, I mean, I talk a lot with my clients and I, you know, ourselves of my experience of what it was like to move to Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte is a huge area. There's tons of different locations. There's South Carolina, North Carolina, you know, and it's tried and trying to find like, you know, what are you really into and what's going to make you go out and meet people? Um, you know, for us, it was our, our, really our kids, you know, being centered around their lives, sports and school. And so we chose a community based on where we knew we would be out and meeting people. And um, you know, that really helped with building our tribe really quickly through church and school and sports. And um, you know, I, I try to encourage other people that are moving to the area to do the same thing, not just look at the house, look at like what, how are you gonna be able to meet people? Cause it is very different. And I do think the first year can be pretty lonely for um, military people moving to the to base or to wherever they're going. So, um, you know, just getting involved. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I know I look like I'm a huge extrovert, but there is a part of me that's very shy walking into a room full of people that I don't know. Um, so it's, it was tough, but I think, you know, being involved in those things that were important to us quickly grew our tribe. That was part of our um, thinking when we moved to base that was that we would have that, <clears throat> excuse me, that tribe of people that were in the same situation as us, especially Atlanta. I know that um, you who live in Atlanta, you understand that um, it is very much almost like a, a Delta base, um, especially where we were in Atlanta. And we did find that that was one thing we liked about living there was that um, you could not go anywhere without running into someone that was in the exact same life scenario as you. And just for us, it turned out that um, we found that we had already rooted ourselves in St. Louis before we moved to Atlanta and we just missed this community that we had prior. But um, that was a huge bonus of living in base was just having a tribe that that understood, that got it. It was a huge deal. It's true. We just moved uh, not too far. Um, we moved 20 minutes versus what normally pilot families do. But um, we just moved out of um, the big area. One of the big, there's like three big areas in Atlanta to live. And we sold our house, capitalized on this market and moved a little further out. Um, but we just lost our little tribe in our neighborhood. And there were two other pilot families in that neighborhood. So we had a really good setup there. So we're about to go through that all over again. Um, and we were there for about four years and we had both kids brought them home there to that house or whatever. So just moving to this neighborhood, setting up people here and, you know, we were like, oh, moving 20 minutes further, you'll still see your friends. And I'm sure as everybody knows, no matter what, like you keep up with a few, but really a lot of that kind of halts once you move, just because you're busy, the kids aren't in school together. You're not seeing each other on a day-to-day -day basis. So we're about to go through that whole build your tribe thing again. So 
How do you feel that social media helps or doesn't in that regard? I mean, things have changed so much in that way. And there's so many pilot wife groups on Facebook and different things like that. Have you used that to go beyond just, oh, we're friends on Facebook, you know, actually doing meetups or getting together or any of that? And we did in, in Atlanta more because there were more people that were in close proximity to us. And I meet someone on a pilot wife page or whatever, and they would inevitably live 20 minutes down the road, particularly if it was a page specific to Delta. Um, but here um, I use social media to connect with people when I'm lonely or bored, but it's less of uh, an in in-person connection, I guess. I mean, that that is not so much the case here. There just aren't as many uh, pilot families in St. Louis, or if they are, they're, they're uh, much older and in a different phase of life is their ex-Northwest or something, you know. Isn't Southwest, don't they have a base there? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just a hub. Maybe. And maybe it's not anymore, it used to be. I know, anyway. poor St. Louis. <laughs> I know, gosh, I know it's just been, yeah. Anyone else with social media thoughts? I mean, I've we tried. Did you group it. I think now that COVID's done, I, you know, not done, but like it's lessening and especially the restrictions and stuff. I do feel like more people are going out and meeting. I see a lot more events, but you know, with life, I think it's really hard to pick a day where you're like, I'll definitely be available <laughs> day or my husband will definitely be off and watch the kids or I can find a babysitter. But, um, you know, I do think that the groups are really helpful in that, you know, sometimes when somebody's venting or says something funny, you know, you're like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> um, so it's kind of nice for like the humor aspect or like somebody says a, a story that they're, they're going through, you kind of relate to it and know that, you know, you're not the only one that's like that. And, you know, cause people tell you all the time, like your neighbors and stuff, I don't know how you do it. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, you, you just do, but they don't understand your lifestyle or how, how you function with a husband who doesn't know his schedule from day to day because he's sitting reserved. Um, but then the other moms do. So I think while it's not the genuine deep friendships that you build, I do think that they're very helpful and good to join. And if you see negativity, just move on past it and keep up with the positive. So, yeah. That is something that I hope that we can do, like Melissa said, coming out of the COVID-like restrictions. Um, it's a little bit less restricted down here in the South. So it's been open for a little bit longer. And I really hope that things start to gain traction. I um, There are a few of us ladies, um, another pilot wife, she started an ad, like a Facebook group with some um, the little ones, uh, one focused on like moms with little ones. And I offered to kind of help admin that. So I hope we can kind of get people in like more involved and more apt to, yeah, let's meet up. So that's one thing I should be better at this year. I think it's useful just from a standpoint of sometimes this lifestyle is isolating. Um, I don't know about you that live in base, but for me not living in base, I do find that um, it's, I'm, I'm a little isolated just because our lifestyle is so different, but it's nice to just, even if I'm just lurking and not participating, it's nice to just scroll and think and know that, oh, there are people out there that are going through the exact same thing and to read their experiences and, and, and sometimes incorporate those experiences into my own life. I mean, that's just helpful. It helps me feel like <laughs> I'm not, I'm connected to the, 
profession. I definitely agree. And I think also using it um, because there's there have been some things that have come up on it recently that I wasn't aware of. Maybe my pilot was on a trip and so we hadn't talked about it. So it gave me an opportunity to ask him, hey, what is this? What do I need to know about, you know, whatever I need to log into or look at for traveling, you know, COVID restrictions, that kind of stuff. That has been pretty helpful as well. I think most of the time the spouse's pages find out before. We always other people. <laughs> <laughs> so I may ask him and he'll say, where did you find that? And, you know, whether it's about traveling or, or whatever it is, that has been really helpful for me um, because we can't always talk about everything because of time zones and trips. So I have felt like I was, even though we don't necessarily live right next to Charlotte, I've had a lot of information from those groups. And of course there are some times where it's negative and you, you know, it is what it is, but for us, it's brought a lot more good than bad, and it's helped me to stay informed and know what's going on. Very good. All right, so let's talk a little bit about managing it all. I heard several of you mention the calendar, and I'm a big calendar girl. I always laugh and say, if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to get done. And I remember when my daughter was playing high school tennis, I that was when cell phones first started and you could have a little pop-up reminder, and I had a pop-up every day to go pick her up from tennis. And when she found out, she was mortified that I had to be reminded to get her. And it's like, I told her, it's not that I was going to forget you totally, but I get busy and I lose track of time. Um, so I'm a big calendar person. And I heard several of you mentioned that. So talk to us a little bit about how you organize and manage it. Do you have a big calendar? That's the whole family calendar. Talk a little bit about that. We use, I, I'm a huge calendar person as well. And like, literally, if it's not, there's stuff that I'll be like, oh, I need to put that in there. If I'm multitasking and I forget, like I legit, it will, it will get dropped. Cause there is so much, I mean, even if you, whether you work or stay home, just a lot going on all the time when you're a mom, wife, and you have an apparent. So we color code, we use a shared Google calendar, my husband and I, and we have color coded activities. Like I have a color, my personal, I have a personal color and a business color. And then as does he, and then our kids each have their own color. And so it's been really, really helpful. We just got to, if you're good about updating it, that's the thing. But I think, so everyone's on the same page, no matter where we are, I can just pop it out, look at it. And I know exactly what's going on at any given day at any given time. And it is a huge color. It's a big, it's an eye chart, but it's helpful. <laughs> so I don't know what else y'all do, but that works for us. It's Google yeah, calendar Google. for us too. Yep. <laughs> yep color-coded. And I think having his flights also import into our um, share drive has been helpful just for tracking like, okay, what time did you say he was going to be home? Can I add this on, you know, or what time will he be home for this board? And can we, you know, cause sometimes he'll be midair and I'll be, I'll already be putting stuff that he needs to do or <laughs> be tasked on. So as soon as he gets home, but I think having that schedule, especially load every single month and knowing when he sits reserves was extremely beneficial. Anyone use paper? I've always been a paper girl, but I'm shifting to like for work. I was always, I had to see it, hold it, fill it, mark it off. That gratification about like marking it off or checking it off really helps. But, um, but especially like with our pilots being gone all the time and a paper or one on the wall is not going to work. <laughs> you can't update that. I will say we were paper is why I was, I'm like you, Crystal. I wanted to mark stuff. It was very, 
um, it was like satisfying. I don't know, but my husband wouldn't use it. And so we had to transition. We, we had to that now, now it's worked. And it did take some time though. Cause I was very, I had my, I had, and it was weird and so inefficient, but I had like my desk calendar and then I had my little planner that I brought with me. And so it was just all over the place. So the, the, I like the one Google calendar. It's great. So, but I totally relate to that. So, and anyone else who does that too, I just wanted to throw that out there. It can be a lot to look at though. I will say that um, the biggest, one of the biggest things I find helpful for it is people will often ask me, oh, so where is, you know, your husband? And I have no idea. So <laughs> I can then look at the Google calendar <laughs> and say, oh, he's, you know, wherever, because everything's so different and it's changing or the kids might even ask me. So just having that schedule in there. And then also we will put things on for the school year because it actually links up to the kid's school. And so that way, when he goes to bed, we already have those things on the calendar. So that has been really helpful for future planning because we'll put family vacations on there, summer camp, all those things that we can't miss long-term so that we know exactly what's happening and when. I would say like, I am um, extremely married to my routine. Um, I, I have ADHD and my son has ADHD and both of us together, if we don't um, stick to that routine, it can just be chaotic and we're forgetting practices and we're forgetting whatever homework and whatever. So we do the same thing when he is particularly when he's done, it's better when he's home. We do this. We wake up at the same time. We eat breakfast at the same time. We get on the bus at the same time. Like we do our homework at exactly the same time and we don't, you know, bedtime is not negotiable. We don't stray from that purely because if I do start straying from that, uh, things get dropped. So that is um, essential for us, uh, particularly when he's not around to lend a hand. We have to stick to that, live and die by the routine. We do too, especially with the eight-month-old and a three-year-old. I feel like um, I just have to or things won't stay on track. Of course, with the eight-month-old, I'm sure you all remember that stage. So that is my live and die right now. <laughs> and as they're getting um, older and they're getting uh, into the older two are getting into activities, it's just, it's just, I know that you with you guys with much older kids can get that. It's just gets to the point where like, uh, you know, you can't be throwing wrench, a wrench in the gears often or it just all falls apart. So that's very important to us at this stage. What do you say? Because I hear this a lot too, and I'm the same way. I, I created a lot of structure, and I was just, and I, I don't feel like I was a super militant disciplinarian type of parent at all. And I wasn't raised that way either, but it just really flowed. But I hear so many people say, well, I can't get them to do this. I can't get them to do that. So, what advice do you have for getting them <laughs> to use a term that I don't even like, but I think you get the gist of it? How, what, what, what tips and advice do you have for? taking back control, I guess it is. Do you mean getting them to adhere to your schedule or getting them to use whatever methods you are for scheduling? I mean, mostly with the kids. So what I hear a lot is, you know, I, I, my, my kids get up all the time. Like I put them to bed. There's no consistent bedtime. There's no consistent this, there's no consistent that. And in my mind, and, and I don't mean to sound judgmental or whatever, I'm kind of like, I don't even get that. I mean, it just, you just, set a standard and keep working to have them meet that. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are. 
just do it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of like you. I mean, I will say sometimes, you know, and I can tell when our husband's gone, I feel like I'm very routine oriented when he's home. I feel like my whole routine is thrown off a lot more. Mostly because it's like, Oh, he's home. Like, like this morning I'm working and he's asking me a question. I'm like, wait, what was I working on? You know, and then I'm focused on what we're doing together. So I feel like when he's gone, our routine is much better. My laundry is usually put away a little bit better. My house is cleaner. And then when he's home, I don't know what it is. It's just, I'm less likely to get as much stuff done. But I will say with the kids, you know, we are very, we, we try to stick to a routine. I feel like once we're on a routine, it's a lot better. Um, if I'm not exerting the energy to make that routine happen, it doesn't happen. So I feel like I can tell when my kids aren't listening, they're getting up or they're not going to bed. And it's probably me just being a little bit more relaxed with it and just being like, I'm over it. <laughs> Fine. You can stay up. Yes. You can get up for the 10th time and tell me that you have to go to the bathroom or whatever it is. Um, and then the days that I really need to get back on the routine, I'm in the room, making sure that they're going to bed. I'm standing outside their door saying, no, don't get out of the bed. Um, you know, so I think that, you know, it's just, it just, you take, it takes a lot of energy to have your kids do that routine and, and make them consistent. And I'm by no means perfect at it, but I do see what you mean where it's like, yeah, you just have to do it. And it's exhausting when you're the only parent. <laughs> And also you learn that if you don't do it, your life is worse. I mean, that's, the, yeah. that's it's like, it's like any sort of training yourself to do anything. You it finally get it in your head that I don't, I don't want to cook dinner right now, but if I don't start it right now, the whole rest of the evening is going to go uh, down the tubes. And so I've got to do it. <laughs> I just have to, because exactly punish myself by not doing it. So yeah, we joke often. Um, because with Jeff transitioning to FlexJet just recently, he was gone for the 30 days, you know, the training or whatever. So um, he was lucky enough, not all jokes aside, um, to miss moving out of our house, moving into storage and moving into a rental house, um, which that was real fun with a three and a half month old and a three-year-old never again, ladies. I don't know why that was a good idea, but um, we were so structured in, in our routine, like I had to have that routine. So like I had to stick to it. I had to be a little bit stricter and it was like the best easy, like, of course it wasn't easy because we were moving, but as far as like her listening, the three-year-old and her like following and not getting back out of bed and like not fighting me every time when we go to do bedtime, because there is no child hungrier than we just told them it's time to go to bed. <laughs> like they get, they're really, really hungry, like so hungry or their tummy hurts. So they have to pee and it's just, you know, the whole thing. They find any reason, but she didn't do that nearly as much for the 30 days that he was gone. And then when he comes home, it's like, breaks, well, you know, they're hungry, like, gotta pee. They're like giving them body slams and wrestling right before dinner. Like, yeah, you know, they want to cook steaks at 7 45 PM or whatever. I'm like, no, this is not how it works when you're gone. I'm, I'm in charge now. <laughs> when he's gone, it's like dinner. If my kids don't have sports, I'm like, okay, dinner at 4 45. Yes. Yes. Because then, you know, I can get them in bed by six 37. And then, you mm -hmm. know, if I'm doing it, if I, like you said, if I don't start dinner and I, it, it's just a disaster. Cause if I don't start dinner till five, then it's dinner at five 36. And then bedtime is all of a sudden eight o'clock, nine o'clock. And I don't get that me time that, you know, you so desperately need. Oh yeah. I tell my kids that like, um, particularly the older one, I'll say, look, you, you, your time is done. Like I, it's my time now you need to go you need to go to bed. Cause I'm done. Like I'm done. It's over. Done for the, <laughs> of the day. Like, 
you got to go to bed. So. Well, that transitions perfectly into my next question, which is the transitioning of the pilot leaving on a trip and coming home from a trip and how that changes the dynamics of the household. And I know several of you have talked about that. Maybe there's more you want to share and some of you we haven't heard from. So jump in and let's talk about that. Because if I've learned anything already in the short time doing this podcast, I've had so many people reach out and say, I thought I was the only one. Like, I thought I was the only one that was dealing with this chaos before they leave or whatever it was. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Anything that you're experiencing, there's someone that gets it and has gone through it too. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I'm definitely glad that I'm not the only one that has the um, absolute chaos of when my pilot comes home and the kids are going to bed very, very late. Um, so we try to transition pretty well. Actually, our our eight-year-old has sort of struggled recently. Um, because dad has been missing some events at school because it's of course Christmas and the holidays and there's a lot happening. So we try to explain to them that, you know, dad will be there when he can, mom will be there when we can, but really, you know, if he's working on Christmas, then we celebrate the day when he's home before or after. Um, and we just work with it from there. So trying to explain that to them can be difficult, especially when we have a smaller school and there's a lot of parental involvement, but they also have grown up in this way of life. So they have a pretty good understanding that mom and dad are going to try to make it extended family are always going to try to make it. But sometimes we may be celebrating a birthday the week after the actual day. And it's not about, you know, doing it at that specific time, but about being together and enjoying it. So I think if you talk through those conversations and can, they can start to understand that at, at their level, then that does help prepare them for them to miss something that, that they feel is really special or important. Yeah, I think that preparation and as much as, and I feel like kids, depending on their age, like the concept of time is difficult to grasp, but mm -hmm. I know like for our kids, they kind of grew up in, they've grown up in this lifestyle and amazingly it's it's harder and easier in some ways but the short the trips are much shorter and we can talk to him which is huge like they love to oh can we facetime daddy and they look they so look forward to that and so that really really helps just hearing from him and seeing him and when in the, when the military a lot of times he'd go away for days and weeks and we could not hear from him at all not even like an email or a text so it's easier in that sense but then also the more frequent coming and going. They're coming and going so much more often. So the kids that do struggle, it can be a challenge for sure. But I know for ours, just being able to know when they can hear from him and he'll usually bring them back something like a little surprise or like toy or treat or something from a gift shop at the airport. But they, uh, that really just little things really, really help. And just kind of knowing when he's going to come and go and that. And uh, I know like some of y'all hit on earlier, just the for whatever reason, like from a consistency standpoint, when they, when they're gone, like I, things just flow, like it's where you just get, you settle in that routine and you know what to do. Like, it's like groundhog's day ish, but like, it just, everything's so much more efficient <laughs> and they're here and it's like, Oh, fun dad's home. And, uh, and you know, I, you want to be with them and just throw schedules off and all those things. So it's just, a you know, just part of the, part of the journey. So yeah, I think giving yourself grace too is a really big thing. You know, like, you know, I would love for everything to be perfect and be able to make everything. I mean, I've 
there's some weeks where I feel like I'm super mom and I'm able to volunteer. And like this week, I feel like I, I was able to add on a little bit more to my schedule to be there for my kids and do more. You know, first week of school, I forgot it was a half day the first day for my kindergartner and showed up five minutes late. So, you know, you I as bad as I felt, you know, I had a lot going on that week. It was Mark's first week back full time um, with the military or with the airline. So I think just giving myself grace and knowing that I'm not going to be perfect at everything I do and just trying to do the best I can while he is gone and while he is home, um, you know, and giving my kids the love that, you know, they need and, you know, being perfect isn't isn't a, a standard, you know, going kind of back to social media is when you see these people doing all these things, you know, we don't really know what's behind the scenes. And so don't compare what your life is to what somebody else is doing, because they may be able to do more things because of X, Y, Z, and you just don't see that X, Y, Z. So um, I think just giving yourself grace and not comparing and doing what's best for you and your family is really big and something very hard to actually acknowledge and, and take in, because I know still I say this, and then tomorrow I'm be like, oh my God, I can't do this. You know, <laughs> feeling like I didn't do everything perfectly. So um, yeah, reminding yourself daily that our lifestyle is very different and you can't do everything and be perfect at everything. I would say that um, for me, uh, like I said, the lack of structure when he's gone actually makes it worse. And so I am a big control freak when he's gone and I hold very tightly to um, keeping the house clean and, and everybody's routine and everything. And then when he's home is actually my time to, to let myself relax and the house isn't as clean and the laundry isn't put away and dinner's not on time. But honestly, um, I just allow my, I, you know, I say, okay, he's home and I'm just going to let myself relax. I have someone to help me and, and it'll get done. And, and there's less of a, an opportunity for me to, to drown, I guess, because I have another adult there when he's home. So um, it is basically just two, two different, I feel like two different people, I guess, <laughs> one person when he's home and one when he's not. I envy you so much because I know when my, when he's home, I'm like, I'm a neat, I'm a neat freak. And again, I have three kids and they're young. So I know it's not going to be perfect all the time. However, I will like go pick up after them. And like, I cannot go to bed if there's dishes in the sink or if the house isn't picked up, like I just can't, but, and it's amazing when my husband's here, I don't know how our laundry triples. Like it does. I, anyone else, like it's just one person, a grown man. How does he generates so many clothes, but it literally triples, but and uh, so many more dishes and like yes. so many more shoes, their shoes. It's amazing. But I think that's so good for those that can like, you're right. They're here. Enjoy it. Let it go. And he is super helpful. I love my spouse, but, and he's, he's an amazing father and husband and all those things. However, like, it's just, it's, I, I can't. But I also are used to like being in a hotel and you know, having room service and someone clearing their dishes from the restaurant table, you know, it's just, I mean, I, I can not blame him entirely for that. Cause he goes from that lifestyle of, of having someone take care of all those daily tasks and then coming home and having to do them himself. So there's always that transition um, between trips and, and being at home. Yep. The dishes stay on the table from him, from his breakfast to like dinner time. And then, and I swear it's hilarious. I always joke. I'm like, it's because you live in a suitcase for eight days in a row and you have so little that you can wear. And then he gets home and he's like changing three times. I'm like you enjoying all your wardrobe, take your time, pace yourself. You're home for a few days. 
Well, good stuff. And I think it's important to know none of this is about making them wrong or us right or any of that. It's not. It's just it's life. You know, it's all negotiation. Uh, It's 50 50 on any given day. You're happy, then you're sad and then you're frustrated and then you're joyful. And there's a million different things that go into it. But it is a unique lifestyle. And there are a lot of things to factor into it that a um, we have to work on right collectively communicating well and, and passing that on to our children. But also, I think that's why our community is so important because extended family and friends don't always get it. Like they, they don't get it. They can't relate. They can't wrap their head around the negotiation and the balancing and the juggling and everything that goes into it. So it is, I mean, that's a big part of it. It's just, nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. This is just how it is. And this is how we manage it. That's a key part. So what advice do you all have about handling like your own stress and and when you feel overwhelmed, um, but you still kind of have to be on any, any tips or any of that, or even when you're can kind of let your guard down, what do you do for you? We talked about that a little bit, but there may be some other things. I think just acknowledging, you know, that you are overwhelmed and then prioritizing what really does need to be done and what can I take off my plate? Is there anything I can give to somebody else to do? Like Lauren said, for like our business, I've been able to do what she has or just maybe find somebody that you trust that could partner with you on the days that you just can't be there. Or maybe, you know, there's a babysitter you love and trust that can you know, cheer them on during their tennis practice or whatever to make them feel like they're not alone. I just, I think that for me, it, the biggest thing was knowing that I can't do it all and acknowledging when I, when I'm feeling about like probably about to break down, <laughs> you know, where it's like, I just cannot, it, there's not enough hours in the day to get it all. And if it is okay, like right now I have shirts I need to hang up from laundry that was done earlier in the week that are still there ready to be hung up, you know, and acknowledging it's okay. Like my, our life will not, um, be terrible because there's laundry that's not hung up. It bothers me and it's driving me crazy. I just haven't had time. So prioritizing what needs to be done. And the most important thing, which to me is really ultimately the family, you know, not try not to let them down. Um, I'm really committed to staying responsibly scheduled. I use that phrase a lot. Um, And that would mean that I, you know, Susie might want to try horseback riding and dance and piano, but we don't have enough days. And we also have to schedule in time to eat dinner and um, you need to schedule in time to be a kid. Um, so I am very committed to that. Um, we put a cap on one art and one um, physical activity extracurricular for each kid because there's three kids and uh, only seven days in the week and only one mom. So and um, that helps our sanity. I think it helps the kids' sanity too, because um, I I know when we start to get to the point where we have something, something or two things every single night, and we're getting to bed late, and we're not having time to do our homework and and whatever, um, we all get crappy with each other. So um, I'm very committed to that. That's something that um, I just am pretty strict about. Not scheduling up every single moment of every day uh, really helps with our sanity. So my background is in counseling and I can actually be really terrible about this. Um, so I know what that, I know what that means and that's not good. Um, but I'm, I'm big on self-care, um, for me. And for me, that means I am either getting up at five thirty six, a little bit early to do my workout, or I'm doing it at the end of the day. 
Um, I can feel my body when I am not getting that workout in at least, you know, five to six days a week. Um, and that can be for me very stressful. So making sure that I'm scheduling that time and holding myself accountable to actually do that because I am a much better mom and a much better wife and I'm a much better employee when I do that. And then also realizing that I cannot do it all. I am not superwoman and I need to outsource some of these things. Um, so there are times where we may get HelloFresh for the week um, and make meals. I do a lot of meal planning on the weekend um, and make bulk meals that I can spread throughout the week or freeze or do whatever for the kids. Um, and then also having two to three babysitters on standby um, that are really good and responsible with the kids because there are times where I'm going to get held up in a meeting and I may not be able to make it. Um, so really, really realizing in your life, what can you outsource and what are you willing to do to make that schedule work? Because you, you can't be in two places at once. Um, so that has been a really big help with three very active kids for me. <laughs> I agree with everything everybody said. And I also think that um, asking to commute, just keeping open lines of communication and asking for help and letting my spouse know kind of like where I am, just not trying to like hide it and put on this brave face and that I can do everything. I am superwoman. And I know, like Melissa said, we feel like it sometimes and other times like, oh my gosh, you're like just down in the dumps, but just letting him know how I'm feeling. And, um, I've, I've found that he's been like so receptive to that. And like, helping like, like, Hey, you go, I've got the kids. Like when he's here, like you go out and I'm just, sometimes it's, I don't even need to do anything crazy. Like go grab coffee with a friend or even like going to the grocery store by yourself, which I, I do do a lot, but, um, yeah, it's just so helpful. Just keep just asking for help when you can and just letting your spouse know where you're standing. Cause they don't, they're not mind readers. They are far from it. So, um, yeah, if they know how you're feeling, they're more often than not more willing, I feel like willing to help you out. And that makes a big difference. Self-care is not my um, forte. It's not something that I'm great at. I always prioritize everybody. Of course, I think naturally moms do that. Um, and just women, because we're just like, we got to get it all done, get it done. Then you have time, but then you never get to the end of that list. So um, that's been something my husband has constantly been not harping, but hey, Crystal, you need to like, just go run that errand by yourself or, you know, let me have the kids. Let me put Eli to bed. You run, go pick up your target order and grab like a Starbucks or something. So, you know, little stuff like that. Um, because of COVID and all the run pickup and the drive up situations that so many more places are doing, I feel like that allows me to kind of get that shopping done and then have a little bit more me time. So when I do need to go run the errands, it's not just me running the errands necessarily. I can run in that store that I never get to run into possibly because I've already picked up the stuff that we need. Now it's time for me to have that little bit of the want time. I mentioned bedtime as something I live and die by and that's, that's part of my self-care, honestly. Um, I, I know they need a routine bedtime and it's for them, but also um, it's very much for me. I need them to go to bed at a certain time because all day long I know at this time I'm free and I can do craft or watch a TV show or drink a glass of wine or sit in the hot tub. And, and that is the time it's coming. I can count down to it. I know that at this time I'm, I can do it. So, um, bedtime, um, I would say is part of my self-care for the children. Awesome. Well, ladies, 
I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I know I just absorbed everything, loved what you were sharing. It, it was good to a walk down memory lane and see that things haven't really changed all that much since I had littles. Um, and I, I just think it's going to be so helpful for those just starting families, those are, who are in the middle of it, um, you know, just all of that. So thank you so much for giving so generously of your time, your knowledge, your wisdom, your vulnerability, your tips, all of that, because I know um, hopefully you all took something away from it, but I know that the listeners are as well. So thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much, Jackie. Wow. 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 Well, I hope you are as inspired and encouraged as I am just listening to this fabulous group of women share how different their lives are, but also the common threads that they weave together where things are really not that different, whether no matter where you live, who you fly for, whether you stay home, work, whatever it is, there are so many things that bring us together and bond us. So um, share this out with anybody who you feel could benefit from it. I know that there are plenty. And if you have a suggestion or a topic for the show, or you want to be interviewed, you want to bring a panel on, stay tuned because I'm going to get to that next. If you like what you're hearing on the show, grab the Pilot Wife Checklist at pilotwifechecklist.com. And if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. Share the show with any pilot wives, military wives, or anyone in aviation you know who might share and benefit from this similar experience. I'll see you on the journey.